It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I'm Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing pretty good. What's going on, man? Not too much. Uh, tonight we are going to have John Ledyard on with us to talk a little bit of draft before we bring him in tell you about Locked On Titans. Obviously, you can find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, on uh, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. So just search Locked On Titans. You can find us there. Terry and I write for MusicCityMiracles.com, covering the Titans for SB Nation. So check that out as well. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry is at TLambertFB. And the podcast account is at Locked On Titans. Uh, so without further ado, we will blame we will bring up John Ledyard. You can follow him on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft. He also is one of the hosts or the host of um, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast. So you can search that out uh, on all the same places you can find Locked On Titans. He does work for FanDrag Sports and NDT Scouting as well. So John, thanks so much for joining us. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. So, uh, like like we said last week, we're going to talk to John mainly about running backs in this draft because we've talked a lot about needs for the Titans and how that's probably one of one of their biggest needs is finding a, a complimentary back to Derrick Henry. John's done a lot of work on the on the running backs in this draft, so we're going to get his opinion on some of those guys coming up. But before we do that, we kind of wanted to talk to him about Derrick Henry. Um, you know, Ledyard's been doing you know, these scouting reports for a while. So he obviously scouted Derrick Henry coming out of Alabama. So John, if you don't mind, just kind of give us your, your, what your quick thoughts on were on him coming out uh, of college and, and what you've seen from him so far as an NFL running back. Yeah. I think the biggest thing in college coming out to me was how smart of a running back he was. You know, a lot of people saw this big body and they expected a guy, you know, that was a punishing runner and that really wasn't Henry style. That's really not who he is as a runner. He's not uh, this big punishing. I mean, he is big, but he isn't this punishing runner. That's never been kind of who he is. I mean, he'll obviously break tackles. A guy at his size, uh, moving at the speeds he can move at, is going to break tackles and kind of destroy pursuit angles and things like that. So there'll be a good number of bodies he'll leave in his wake, but he isn't your Legarrette Blount type your Marshawn Lynch type where you're going to take bodies with you every time you touch the football that's really not who he is good balance there for sure uh just not a bruiser I think that the Titans scheme to be honest wasn't the greatest fit for him for a while there I know people kind of expected it to be with him being a bigger back but if you watched him in college you know I think this new scheme now with Matt LaFleur can be even better for him I think that this can be an offense that really aids his strengths you know they they played a lot of the time out of the spread and did things like that and they weren't heavy personnel a lot of the time at Alabama you know and I think that that was where where his strengths were really accentuated and I think the the Titans are going to move away from some of that heavy personnel looks bringing in the fullback two tight ends and all that and hopefully open things up a little more which not I mean everyone expects it to be an upgrade for Marcus Mariota and it will be but I really think it's going to be an upgrade for Derrick Henry too take defenders out of the box spread things out give him some lanes to pick through with his vision get some inside zone going the question mark I have is whether the offensive line can, it can be a good fit for the offensive line because it'll be some new concepts they haven't run if they can get things down on their end though these changes are going to make a big difference for Derrick Henry because he really wasn't this gap power runner like the Jaguars brought in Leonard Fournette to, to be. That really wasn't who he is. Um, you know, Not that he can't be successful in those concepts, but 
the way the Titans ran their offense, bringing bees to honey and loading the box up and just trying to pound the football people, that's not what Henry does best. But uh, switch to a different offensive scheme, uh, more zone running and, and more of a spread offensive, hopefully a spread offensive look is going to be a huge difference for Derek Henry. I think you're going to see him be a lot more successful this season than we've seen his first two years. Preaching to the choir right there. That's what we were saying uh, really all season long. Uh, you know, get these guys out of this this box and uh, let Derrick Henry go to work. Uh, yeah. We're we're pretty confident that he's the guy going forward, but we're also pretty mm-hmm. confident that the Titans need another guy. Uh, maybe that can help out in the passing game. Uh, come in on third downs. That's kind of where Derrick Henry has struggled so far. Give me your your top two or three pass catching third down type backs in this class. Yeah, so there's going to be some guys that I'm sure probably are, I don't know if you want to say out of range for the Titans. That's sure. probably not you know the right terminology. But, I mean, I think there'll be guys that they probably would come off the board maybe a little bit earlier than they would consider. Um, a guy like Sony Michelle, a guy like Ronald Jones, doesn't necessarily do a ton of pass catching in college. But especially Michelle looked really natural running routes, got open very easily. Um, I think that he's a guy that you would project to a diverse scheme at the next level. There's really nothing he can't run. But he would be a nice uh, wrinkle from from Henry because I do think Henry is best as an inside runner, just not in those heavy personnel type of looks. And Michelle would be able to get outside as well as run inside, so he gives you some some nice balanced diversity. Again, I don't know whether he'll be he may be off the board before the Titans are looking for a running back because they've got some other uh, needs to deal with as well. Um, a guy that could be interesting to them later down uh, in the draft is on Johnson from Auburn, another guy that's a little bit diverse in his skill set. Um, doesn't really have great juice or burst, but does have some nice hands, is kind of, his style has been compared to Le'Veon Bell, and I think a lot of people get compared to Le'Veon Bell, and it's very faulty. And at first I thought that it was pretty faulty in this situation. But as I watch more Karen Johnson, I do see a method to his madness. He does kind of pick his way through traffic. He's not as explosive as Bell, but he will make some people miss. So I like his style, and he caught the ball really well, too. The question with Karen Johnson is going to be, can he be explosive in space, I think, with the ball in his hands? A guy like that, you'd be probably be looking at Naheem Hines, just a totally different body type from Derrick Henry from NC State. Good hands, was actually a wide receiver early on at NC State. Uh, ran a ton of routes at NC State and is I, he's a better route runner than Jalen Samuels. I know uh, some Titans fans are hoping to land Jalen Samuels in the mid rounds. Hines is a better version of Jalen Samuels, to be honest, right now. So you know he's kind of got that full package as a third down type of back, except for being really small in pass protection. And I know that's an area Henry struggled in as well. So that's where you get hung up a little bit is trying to find a guy that can give you an explosive element to your offense but also can protect and can stand in and, and handle pressure. And that's where Jalen Samuel's name may come up because he didn't do it a lot at NC State, but in the, at the senior bowl in Mobile, he looked very natural in pass protection. He did block some at NC State as a lead guy, not a ton, but you saw some examples. Physical guy, uh, does not afraid to mix it up at all, plays hard. He's not really an explosive athlete. It's it's really funny because Jalen Samuels played in the slot and was a running back and played wing, and you think, you know, he's this gadget guy. He took end arounds and stuff like that. He's got to be a great athlete. He's just not, and I think you're going to see that at the combine. Um, he's just a very very plain athlete. Um, I, he won't be a gadget guy at all in the NFL. I know he's working out with the tight ends of the combine. I'm not sure why it's taking people so long long to kind of come around to the fact that Samuels is a running back you know he's got to be a running back and that's where he took almost all his reps at the senior bowl and I was shocked to hear he was working out with the tight ends it makes no sense he's like 5'10 5'11 200 
225 pounds. You know, it's just not – and he doesn't even line up as a tight end. He never plays in line at NC State, so it's just a kind of a bizarre – uh, spot for him to be working out with but I think he just wants to run a ton of routes and show people he's as diverse a player as you can be um, and that's what I think he's going to get the chance to be able to do so he's a really interesting pick in that range he's just not going to give you the big play explosive ability uh, that a guy like Naeem Hines can so it is a little bit of pick the flavor you want when you get into those mid rounds you're not really going to find a complete guy that often but I think those are some of the names you could look for uh, you mentioned Sonny Michelle obviously who I mean we're kind of in love with, but like you said, it, it, it could be a, a matter of him being gone when the Titans are ready to go that direction. How do you see the the running backs coming off the board in this draft? I mean, obviously that's something that's pretty much impossible to project, but I, I mean, you know, Saquon Barkley, I, I think everybody would say he's, he's a first-round guy. How many more running backs do you think go in the first round, and when do you think that, you know, there's typically a run that kind of happens. Do you think that's like a early to mid-second round this year, or how, how do you see that coming going off i think you'll see the and, and the combine will always change and, and alter some things but i think I mean, barkley will be the first running back off the board to me i think darius geis is the best running back in the draft and i actually think sony michelle is the second best running back in the draft so i'm very far off the beaten path with my running back evaluations i still have a first round grade on barkley and i have a first round grade on ronald jones i don't even have that many first round grades but i think all four of those guys are for, i mean their tape is about as good as it gets and with Barkley, the big concern is just the decisive. You know, he just isn't a very decisive inside runner. He likes to bounce everything. How's that going to translate to the NFL? He is a special athlete, so it is a better chance to translate than other guys do. But, you know, it's got to be something amazing to be able to succeed that way in the NFL. We've seen LaShawn McCoy do it a little bit, but even he's translated his game son. So I still think Barkley will be the first running back off the board. Number two guy off the board is really anybody's guess. I really think it should be guys, but... I actually think Sony Michelle is going to be a, a rapid riser from the combine. I think he's going to wow there. His tape is amazing. Uh, his tape is outstanding. I mean, there's not that much wear and tear on him, even though he's a senior because he split time for uh, most of his career with Nick Chubb. But at the same time, when Chubb went down, he was highly productive for Georgia. So you don't really worry about whether he can shoulder the load either. So he's kind of got that perfect mix of everything. Like I said, athleticism's there. He's 5'11", 215. He's built like a house. He can run inside. Um, you know, he can, a high-character guy, catches the ball well, runs good routes. Pass protector, he's one of the best pass protectors in the class. It's just kind of he's the full package, and I think teams are going to see that. They're going to see what Alvin Kamara did, and they're not going to want to miss out on a guy who could be the next, uh, you know, another version of that. Um, and so I kind of think he's going to be the second running back off the board. I don't know whether many people would tell you that. And then I think you'll see Geis and Ronald Jones come off the board pretty quickly after that. The wild card is kind of that fifth spot to me. I think Carrion Johnson could appeal to a lot of teams as long as his combine isn't terrible. Uh, I think Nick Chubb could slide if there are any type of medical concerns or if his athleticism. He just doesn't look like a great athlete, and there's questions about, and, and there should be because he already was ever used in a pass-catching role or third-down role at Georgia. So you may see some teams, some certain teams, take exceptions. For example, if Jacksonville needed a running back this year, they don't. But if they did... Chubb would be a guy they would take like they took Fournette even though he had pass receiving he had receiving concerns so I think that you could see a team like that that is willing to work out of heavier personnel things options take an earlier shot on Chubb otherwise he could slide down maybe in third round I, I think um, and then it really does kind of become a mix from there Kalen Bellage's tape doesn't doesn't suggest that he should go that high in the draft uh, but I could see a team talking themselves into him as a third down option, big play guy that can play some receiver in the second or third round. I just don't think he's nearly as good as, as some people think he is. And um, 
Then uh, Naeem Hines, if he runs in the four threes, he's probably going to be a third-round guy. Mark Walton could be a third-round guy from Miami. Probably looking at guys like John Kelly and Bo Scarborough uh, on day three. Still really good talents. Uh, Rashad Penny, I think, will be an early day three guy. Uh, Daryl Williams from LSU is an underrated guy that, again, ran in a variety of schemes at LSU. He was he was Geis's running man. I think he could potentially be another option for it. Caught the ball well too, and did some big. He did some nice things in space for a 230 pound back. He could be another guy that could be a Titans option on day three. So, I mean, there's so many backs in this class, just loaded with talent. There's guys I didn't even mention, but that's kind of the gist of how I see the running back group shaking out. Specifically, I want to talk about uh, Ronald Jones. Uh, Kuiper had him going to the Titans at 25, which, you know, Jimmy and I don't think it's going to happen, but kind of yeah. kind of prepare us for that. Uh, I know Ronald Jones ran a lot of zone at, at USC. He would seem like a logical fit, uh, even though that would kind of seem like they would be, you know, giving up on Derrick Henry. Uh, but kind of give us a quick look at Ronald Jones. Yeah, I mean, going running back in the first round would be nuts. Yeah. Uh, I know Henry hasn't proven himself as a receiver that much yet in the NFL, but it, we make receiving for running backs so much harder than it needs to be. I mean, sure, if you're going to use your guy like Le'Veon Bell, you better have Saquon Barkley-level receiving skills. But if you're going to use your running back as a receiver like everybody else in the league, you better drop good concepts for him. It's really not that hard. As long as the guy can catch and has some level of athleticism in the open field, he can be effective in that role. So the big thing is pass protection and whether Henry can come along in that way. But Ronald Jones doesn't really solve your problem there. So, yeah, that was a bizarre pick to me. I mean, I love Ronald Jones' game. He is a classic zone runner, terrific decisiveness, playing your foot, get downhill. Um, so there are things about Ronald Jones that I'm sure will appeal to the floor. It just won't be in the first round. Um, and I think that even then, you know, you're going to, LaFleur's going to want a guy that's more proven as a receiver than Jones, even though I think Jones is a, is a great, great talent. And I think he will be a good receiver in the NFL. There just isn't a lot of experience in there. USC just didn't really use him in that way. I think they'll look for somebody like that later on in the draft. So it would surprise me, but Jones is a really good player. But again, like you said, I don't really think Jones is meant to split time. I think, I know he's a smaller back, but the comparisons to Jamal Charles are actually pretty legit as much as I hate him because it seems lazy because they both have the short dreads yeah. and wear number 25 and they're both the same exact size. Uh, they really do run somewhat similarly. And I think that they have a lot of the same strengths and I think that he can be successful despite his size. So I, I think it would be a, it would be a pretty weird move and you would have to have really nobody else on the board and no trade down options available. All right. We had a question from somebody on Twitter that I thought was kind of interesting. Alvin Pachikara, I probably butchered his name. Sorry about that. But um, he said at the combine, which event you consider the best for ranking running backs? And he basically saying, you know, what, what, which of those events do you think translate best to the NFL? Do you have a, an opinion on that? Um, I don't have a strong opinion. I, I think I would say that ones that don't really translate that much are um, the, the the vertical jump. Uh, I don't really think that matters as much. Um, the broad jump and in, in ten uh, ten yard split, I think can indicate lower body explosiveness and can be can can sometimes point to that in running backs um the speed matters to some but you know some of the best running backs in the nfl i don't think you can be slow you know athleticism is always great to have but it's you know in terms of what's a necessity to me the the most important things your vision that that short area burst as a runner your vision and your decisiveness as a runner and then your balance through contact so the combine really only kind of measures one of those things for running back. So I think it's a really important event for a lot of different positions. At running back, I think you can be okay as long as you don't tank it. 
you know, that's the big thing to me. Just don't just don't tank anything. Don't show you that you're a subpar athlete. Unless, of course, the, the exceptions come when you're a guy without proven tape or when you're a small school guy that's trying to see can, can his traits translate to the NFL or when you're viewed as a classic third down type receiving back that is elusive in the open field and that's your thing you know that you're an explosive playmaker in the open field like a Jalen Samuels that's going to be a big deal for him and I don't think he's going to test that great at the combine which is why I do think he'll be available on day three I think teams are waiting to kind of see where he how he does in those events I don't think he is a great athlete so for him that would hurt his stock because there aren't a lot of reps there running back so for a guy like that it'll matter a good bit but for the rest of these guys you know Dalvin Cook didn't kill the combine that's fine look at his tape you can see he had the burst in the combine and that's all he had you know he didn't have a lot of the lateral the short shuttle three cone weren't great uh some of those agility drills but if you watched on tape this guy destroyed pursuit angles with his vertical burst his vision was great he was a one one cut and get vertical type of guy great timing great patience great ability to set up blocks all that stuff matters really a lot lot more you can't be a bad athlete but in terms of being on the high end of stuff there's only a certain point to which it really helps you matt williamson brings the scouts perspective to the locked on nfl podcast you got to talk 2018 quarterbacks josh allen has the best quarterback record aside from lamar jackson but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen he's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play yeah that's what throw a couple nuggets out on Allen and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3 what's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better I thought this past year which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. I'm going to put my Homer hat on here and ask you about John Kelly. Uh, I, I covered Tennessee and, and watched every snap that this guy played. And, and to me, there, there's not a more fun running back in this class to watch. The dude just runs so angry. Uh, and to me, you know, there's not really a, a better value out there. You're talking about a guy like this on, on day three. Uh, so tell me a little bit about your opinion of Kelly and uh, what are some strengths and some weaknesses. Yeah, so I think that one of the weaknesses, I guess, would be that I don't think he's going to be a great athlete. So maybe if a team doesn't see him as an every-down feature guy, they're looking for a guy that can play situationally, you know, 5'9 and 205. Uh, whatever he ends up coming in at, um, you know, people aren't going to see him as a bell cow maybe right away. Um, he is a very physical runner. Will that frame hold up with that type of running style? Uh, that's something that remains to be seen. I think he's a tough kid. I love the way that he runs, the mentality he runs with. Um, I think that he can absolutely be a contributor in NFL backfield from what I've seen so far. I haven't finished his evaluation yet per se, so I'm not exactly sure where he ranks in my running backs yet. He and Mark Walton and uh, there's a couple, two or three guys I want to get to before the combine. He, Mark Walton, I have to finish up Royce Freeman and hit Bo Scarborough pretty good before the combine. Those are the big name guys that I really haven't completely finished up yet in the running back group but he has a lot of fans out there i think he will be a mid-round pick i think that as long as he doesn't like bomb the combine again um and i think there will be a role for him in the nfl and he's going to be he's probably going to be one of those guys that doesn't test great but plays when when he gets on the field he's just kind of a gamer mentality and i think he'll play he'll outplay some what some of those numbers look like on paper uh with his performance on the field 
All right, last thing from me, and I'm going to go a little bit more general here, uh, talking about you know how, how crazy it would be for the Titans to take a running back in the first round. Um, but you, as you mentioned, they have bigger needs, and we know that edge. I mean, I, I think that's their pretty clearly their their biggest need in this draft. But w- what else do you see as as being some of the the bigger holes on the Titans roster? I mean, we we cover it all the time, so I think sometimes maybe we're a little bit too close mm-hmm. to it to be honest about you know certain things. So <laughs> how would you rank their needs heading into this you know free agency draft, all that stuff? Well, I definitely think that. At finding, you know, you're going to have to evaluate your offensive line. And this is one of the tough things when a new regime comes in. You have a group that's built really for a lot of gap power, double team type concepts. And your tackles are obviously staying because of pass protection issues. And Spain's been a really good player for them. Ben Jones has been a good player for them. It'll be very interesting to see if Spain can make a transition to some of the more zone type concepts that LaFleur has in place. And not that Tennessee never ran those things, but. Uh, you know, I think that that'll be one of the interesting aspects of seeing what the coaching staff thinks of a guy like Spain, who's had a good. I think he's been very, very solid with Tennessee, um, and kind of an underrated guy. You know, not a not a star or anything, but it, but just a solid guard. Um, I think you can upgrade right guard for sure. I think that'll be an area of interest to them. I think Isaiah Wynn will be a very, if he's on the board for whatever in the twenty five, that's a really interesting guy uh, because I think it gives you a guy that's a step in that right direction towards some of the concepts that you, that LaFleur, I think, anyway, again, we're guessing on the floor here. I know you guys may have more information than I do, but just guessing on based on the offense that he was just a part of uh, with the Rams and some of the things that he saw in Atlanta and some similarities in the concepts between those two places and where he's kind of drawing from his roots there. And uh, so I'm just making my best guess based on that. But I really think it, it, this is an offense built to spread things out. I mean, they, they got Corey Davis. They got Taewon Taylor. Rashard Matthews has been a great vertical threat for this team, probably a really underrated guy nationally. Um, I think that those three are something to build around. You pick somebody else up late because you're not bringing Decker back or some of those guys. You know, So I think you pick somebody else up late, maybe that guy's Tajay Sharp. I mean, he factored in as a rookie some, and then things really fell off the map for him. Uh, so we'll see where their direction they're off. But I think they have their top three receivers right there. And I think you have guys that can do, you know, Davis can play in the slot. Taewon can play in the slot. You got John U. Smith. You want to see what he can do as a flex guy in the slot. Obviously, Delaney Walker can play flex. So you have the the pieces already to go to a more spread type of offensive attack. So really, I think that right guard spot and a backup running back is what you're looking for on offense. Defensively, this is a team that I think they need to get a body next to Jarrell Casey. Uh, I think Sylvester Williams, Antoine Woods, you know, these guys are okay, but you can upgrade that spot because you don't have a ton of other needs. You mentioned edge pass rusher. It's one of those weird spots Tennessee's going to be in at 25 where, to me, your top guys are Chubb and Landry, and then I think it falls off, so you might be able to get a guy in day two and not value with your first pick, even though I think, obviously, it's a big need for them. And course whatever happens at linebacker if Avery Williamson walks I mean they're going to need a guy there um, so that those are kind of your big needs the interesting one is corner because I think you paid money for Cyprian to come in you paid money for Logan Ryan to come in I personally didn't think Logan Ryan was great last year he's a guy that's had a lot of success in the slot Adoree Jackson's going to play outside for them could they look for another outside type of corner there's some guys in here this roster they like LaShawn Sims played a lot last year I don't know whether it's going to be the direction they move. Kevin Byers is a legit star. If you get another solid cornerback in there and Adoree Jackson develops this defense, that secondary could be really, really scary. So they have some options and some flexibility because I don't think a lot of these needs are crying needs, but I think a run stuffer inside, a guy like Derek Naughty on day two could be really interesting. It's a deep linebacker group, maybe a guy like Fred Warner from BYU later on in the draft or Sky Moore from South Carolina. And then a cornerback, you're going to have a ton of options. Um, and, and, 
we have to remember where Vrabel hails from, right? Coming from Houston, he coached three first-round corners there for most of his time there. So he's been a little bit spoiled, and he saw those guys fall off last year, and he saw what it did to the defense. And so I just I always try and think back to where a coach comes from with the roots, and I think that he may value corner a little bit more than we do maybe when we look at the Titans roster if he's not looks at the tape and isn't satisfied with the performances of Ryan and maybe Jackson to a degree, although he's obviously the guy for the future. All right, last one from me. Uh, give us your general opinion on on Marks Mariota. It was a uh, it was such a frustrating season. Uh, we kind of tend to think that the offense was just atrocious. Uh, there was a lot going on there. Do you think he can bounce back? And I know you said Lafleur is a, kind of a wild card. You don't know much about him. Uh, just just kind of give us your general thinking of what to expect from Mariota this year. Yeah, I mean, good things for sure. Uh, last year was an aberration. You know, he. Was- wasn't fully healthy. He didn't have the full offseason to get ready. I think that was a big part of it. Uh, again, they're just not helping him out a lot with the personnel packages. You know, when you're going heavy personnel so often, you have to be able to throw out of heavy personnel. And so they would, but that means a lot of guys who can't separate are on the field, and you're not giving them easy throwing windows, and you become a lot easier to defend, a lot harder to open up vertical routes. Um, so I think that was a big part of it honestly, where Mariota, you know, kind of everything kind of reached its boiling point and he was pressing a little bit and he certainly, you know, bears some blame too. He didn't play at the highest level, but man, I just think you think you look at, you know, the resume of a guy like Matt LaFleur and even just what he's done recently. I mean, you know, look at last year with the Rams uh, and being their offensive coordinator, but it was, we know, obviously having a huge hand in what happened in the transformation with Jared Goff. It's huge. It's, I mean, his his experiences as a quarterback's coach, Atlanta Falcons, 2015-2016 with Cal Shanahan. And, you know, what he did there for Matt Ryan and the way that Matt Ryan, even after a rough 2015 season where he brought him from 15 to 16, Notre Dame as a quarterback's coach, Washington Redskins for four years as a quarterback's coach. You know, so that's... They clearly had in mind we have to maximize Marcus Mario, which was very smart. I'm really excited about the hire because I think that Mariota's very talented and really has spent his NFL career in the in an offense that's totally wrong for him. Not that it wasn't effective at times and that he didn't make things work, but I think in an offense that's better to you know built around what he does really well, which are a lot of things he did at Oregon. I know shocker, like that that uh, some college concepts and ideas could be really uh, transformative and successful at the NFL level, like teams like the Eagles and the Rams and other teams proved all season last year. Um, I think that uh, Mariota with a mind like that in place uh, with LaFleur, I think can really take off under in this offense. So to me, the Titans, if they can shore up some of the holes that we talked about, I honestly think they have a shot, especially with how weak the AFC is to be this year's, you know, 2018's version of, of the way the, the Rams made an impact, you know, I think that they have the shot to do those kind of things because there has been a lot of talent here and it has been held back schematically, I think, more than anything. So I think that this roster is in place. Now they need to find some guys defensively, but again, much like the Rams, they got a great offensive mind. And then I think they bring in a guy like Dean Pease, a veteran, you know, like the Rams did with Wade Phillips, who's going to maximize the talent on this group. I mean, the Ravens had some holes and Pease consistently maximized that group. So I 100% think the Titans made great hires uh, in the offseason. I think they're a team that has plenty of talent. I think that they honestly have a shot to be one of the better teams in the AFC next year if they can fill just a couple of those holes in. 
Absolutely. Well, John, hey, man, we appreciate you taking the time to join us. Again, you can follow John on Twitter at Ledyard NFL Draft and check out his work for the Locked On NFL Draft podcast as well as FanRag Sports and NDT Scouting LLC. So like I said, John, thanks for co- coming on, and we'll have to catch up with you again down the road. Absolutely. Sounds good, guys. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Good stuff, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, a lot of interesting stuff there, and we'll probably uh, – tomorrow or Wednesday double back and, and kind of pick up on, on some of the stuff that, that he talked about there but it's always good in my opinion to hear somebody from the outside have so many positive things to say about the coaching staff hires because again like I, like I say with people that we bring on and sometimes I think we're too close to it to, to really give great evaluation so just good to have a kind of a third party if you will have good things to say about this staff and, and kind of what they'll be bringing to the table yeah just to hear him kind of echo what we have been saying all all season really about the offense and the frustrations with Mariota and, and all that it's just good to hear uh, so he, you know, you got to be excited about this group. There's a lot of pieces already in place. And like you said, you know, there's just a, just a couple of holes to fill. Uh, and the Titans are going to be one of the better teams in the in the AFC. So, uh, you know, it was kind of a weird deal with the coaching search and how it went down. But at the end of the day, I think the Titans got a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that'll do it for today. Uh, tomorrow, the plan is for Terry to – catch up with Dan Orlovsky. So uh, be, be ready, looking for that. Uh, it should be posted probably Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, sometime around there. So uh, be looking forward to that. Again, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search Locked on Titans. You'll find us there. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at MCM. Terry's at T. Lambert FB. And the podcast is at Locked on Titans. So check all that stuff out. A lot of good stuff coming for you. For the rest of this week, uh, we'll have, so, you know, Tuesday, I guess Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, kind of posting schedule this week. And then our Thursday episode, we'll be able to talk about uh, what Mike Vrabel and John Robinson say at the Combine, because they'll be speaking Wednesday morning uh, from Indianapolis. So we'll, we'll get some stuff there as well. So check us out there. And uh, like I said, we'll have a lot of good stuff coming up on that. MuseumMiracles.com in the meantime. Um, to any any Titans-related news that comes out, we'll be covering it there. So for Terry, this is Jimmy saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.